Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whit Barfield, joined by my co-host, Lando, our tech guy, Keys, and our special guest for today's show, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver and ex-Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver, John Hurst. John, how you doing today, man? Doing well. How we doing, boys? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Appreciate y'all yeah. having me on. Yeah, man. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, for those of you that don't know, John played at West Georgia. He was a star wide receiver there. Uh, ended up walking on at the Chargers. Um, but uh, before we get into some football questions, John, let me ask you, how are you so cracked at Fortnite, my guy? Mm, what a question, Wit. Great question to pop it off. Yeah, I wasn't always cracked. I think just playing in squads with, with you, I just kind of learned your, your style of play and kind of emulated it and kind of took over, you know? I just... You were kind of, it was the Jedi Padawan kind of relationship, and I ended up becoming the master. So I really got you to, to thank for that. And I, I always appreciate you being the, the med, the health guy whenever I go down. Always always there to give me my chug splashes and whatnot. But no, it's, it's been fun being able to hop on some Fortnite, catch some dubs. I haven't caught a lot lately. No, we haven't. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back, though. No, we will. No, we will. But yeah, man, iron sharpens iron. You know, that's what I always say. You know, I'm kind of, I'm usually, I'm usually the weak, the weaker leg, to be honest. That's why I always keep the meds on me to make sure my boys are doing good. So, hey, that's, hey, you embody our motto, family. Forget about me. I love you. That's all you're right there. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, but let's talk about some football, man. I know. Um, so, how does it feel to be in the NFL, being paid to play football? Yeah, it's it's cool for sure. I think there's definitely days where I'm like just at practice, like looking around, and it's like, damn, like they're paying me to do this, you know? Like I could be in an office, buying a desk, doing something I don't love. Yeah, I was a I was a physical education major, um, and so I could be teaching t- teaching kids in school right now, rolling with the ball, playing dodgeball, playing basketball, things like that. But I get to uh, w- which would be fun. But I, I get to play football for a living, which is really cool. I think like definitely something you've always like dreamed about as a kid um it's one of those things it's like not everything about it is glamorous but you got to enjoy it you got to realize that it is your dream and that you're living it out and just make the most of it but also realize like there's going to be hardships that come with it like I've been cut I've been hurt all the different things that come with it but I've learned just to enjoy it and um just trying to make it last as much as I can so how big of a shock was it to you when you went from college playing against players that are good but like not NFL caliber to going to an NFL practice to where everybody is top tier top talent? Right, right. You know the crazy thing is is like I'm not I'm I'm not going to make one of those like two comments. I I remember he said like, "Oh, it's not that big of a jump, like it's not that fast." And then he threw like three picks next week or something like that. Yeah. Like it is <laughs> so fast. Like it's the best football like I've ever played in my life. But the crazy thing is, is like, I think going from high school to college was like a bigger jump for me, um, just because I was a really late bloomer. Um, I, I had never experienced that kind of speed before. And so I remember my first college scrimmage and being like, holy crap, this is fast. Like, I don't know if I can keep up with this, but eventually I grew. I got faster, all that different stuff. And the game really slowed down for me. Um and so going from college to the pros, it was definitely fast, but um, I think my speed, my play speed helps me. Um, and then all, just like know what you're doing helps you a lot too. Like I was in my playbook all the time, 
making sure I wasn't having to think about what I was doing. Because, like, if you're thinking about what you're doing, you're going to be a step slower. And so if you're just reacting instead of thinking, it really slows the game down. Um, and so being able to just, like, hang and play fast among the fastest, biggest, strongest, best players in the world, I think that's cool. And that, that's been a good experience for sure. Obviously, like, I've only done training camps, scrimmages, practices and stuff, but I'm excited to see what the what the games will be like, what the game speed, speed will be in there. Um, just got to get healthy and we'll see what happens next year. All right, so this is a dumb question. We don't have to keep this question. <laughs> this is this, this, this is one of those rabbit holes that, that I get into. So, Thank so, you. Bring it. So what's it like being, being a top-notch athlete? Because I knew – that I was done with football at, at my senior year of high school. I was like, this is it. Like, I'm done. I, I, I am slow. There's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with these guys in college. I'm done. So what's it like being being right. like, like a really good athlete? You know, like I was kind of the same way. Like, t- I mean, I always knew like I could play in college. But like, I, like to be honest with you, I, I told you I was like a late bloomer. And so I never really thought of myself as like a top tier athlete or like an NFL caliber athlete. And, like, I kept growing, kept working, and I got faster. I could jump higher, like, going to the gym and catch noobs and putbacks and stuff like that. Like, that was honestly, like, a really cool feeling. And, like, when you kind of do stuff like that, it's like, all right, maybe I am a pretty good athlete. And then I started seeing, like, dudes that I was playing with, you know, different receivers at West Georgia, and they were getting looks from the NFL, and scouts were talking to them. And it's like, all right, if they can get looks from the NFL, like, I'm obviously kind of in that same caliber in the class of them athletically and football-wise. And so um, it was one of those gradual things, you know. It wasn't just like a moment that hit me that was like, damn, like I'm a really good athlete, you know. It was just kind of something that, that grew on me. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a cool feeling for sure. Well, and you ended up playing on a pretty good team there for a while with the Buccaneers. No doubt. No doubt, yeah. They were. Uh, that was experience for sure. I mean, that was like a – not, I mean, they're, like, good players, but they're also just, like, celebrities, you know? It just felt like a reality TV show kind of when I went down there. So it was it was definitely an experience. What's it like going through route trees with Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, like, it's, like, surreal a little bit. Like, the first time you meet him, he's, like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm Tom. And it's, like, yeah, I know who you are. You don't have to <laughs> – you know, introduce yourself. But I remember the first day we ran routes, like I was going with the backup. And uh, I think day two, I asked one of the receivers to switch with me just so like I could get in the rhythm and the groove with Tom, you know, and catch some of his passes. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely surreal school first. And then it definitely just becomes normal, which is cool as well, just being teammates and coworkers with one of the best to ever do it. I just want to say how jealous I am that you have caught passes from Tom Brady. That uh that's, that's like a dream just to even just to even meet Tom Brady. Hey, I've caught his balls, man. It's uh it's cool for sure. <laughs> Did you get to actually like have some conversations with Tom and stuff or were was y'all kind of kept separate for most of the time you were there? Yeah, I mean, nothing was really like heart to heart, you know. We weren't having like Yeah. Deep combos or anything like that, but I mean there'd be like different interactions here and there. Yeah, for the most part, it was like I was usually either around the rookies or the receiver group, um, mm-hmm. and so outside of that, I 
you know, he wasn't like eating with us. Like he wasn't eating our food. He has his old like TB12 stuff. So like I wasn't eating with him in like the cafeteria or anything like that. But just interactions here and there was kind of the, the conversations that I had. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, we're getting a little, we're getting a little too deep right now. Let's, let's, uh, let's pull it back. Let's talk about the draft <laughs> process. I'm actually curious about what it was like being a D2 football player going through pro day, trying to get attention of pro scouts and everything like that. Like you were doing your senior season. How was all that? Yeah, that was a uh, definitely a uh, stressful, unique learning um, experience for me and my family as well. Um, it was just really new to us. I think, like you said, like I was a walk-on at West Georgia. And so I'd kind of gone through the recruiting process um, in mm-hmm. high school and into that transition into college. And I wasn't heavily recruited at all. I had different D3 and different D2 schools reaching out to me. But, like, I was having to be really proactive in that and reach out to coaches, send them my film and different things like that. But whenever the NFL time came around, it was, like, I was still, like, a borderline undrafted guy. But, like, you feel like a star, like a celebrity because you got, like, scouts setting up your phone all the time. Like, hey, we might get you in the late round. Like, hey, we really like you. Your pro day was really good, different things like that. And it was honestly just, like, a really cool feeling to, like, feel wanted just because, like, I never had that from high school to college. And, and that's the other thing. It's, like, you don't know if they're just, like, blowing smoke up your butt or anything like that. And you just kind of, like, take it with a grain of salt. And so I probably had uh, five or six teams, I think, that were really interested in me. And then come draft day, it, me and my dad, we watched every single round together all three days. I knew around that third day, kind of towards the fifth round, is when I would start hearing some stuff. Um, whether it was late round or whether it was undrafted, I was on the phone with my agent as well during this whole time. But honestly, around like fifth, sixth round, like I wasn't hearing anything. And, you know, I had, I had a few people like friends and family and like, I'm starting to feel embarrassed, you know, like I'm, it's like, what if I have all these people here and like, I don't go anywhere. They're just looking at me like, damn, you didn't get picked up anywhere, you know? And so it was really stressful. But then I, I get a call. I don't remember if the draft had ended or not, but I think it had just ended. And I get a call from uh, my agent. He said Tampa was going to offer me an undrafted free agent position. And, you know, we were like, yeah, it's Tampa. It's Tom. It's the Bucks. Let's let's do it, you know. And so we uh, we went with them. And then I think I just – I had the Dolphins. I think they were the only other team that – had a undrafted free agent spot for me, but we had already went with the with the Bucks, and that's where I wanted to go. And so it ended up all all working out. You'd rather play for Tom Brady than go play for Tua. Hey, no doubt. <laughs> with his, with no his three doubt. picks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, both both Florida teams, both good weather, both good taxes. I, I was just happy to be to be picked up. You know. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You went from really good weather to even better weather. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. That's the crazy thing. Me and my uh, fiance kind of joke about that all the time. Like, it's – and I'm not talking bad about any other NFL team or anything like that. Like, I'm thankful to be in the NFL, thankful to be on a team, and I'd go anywhere. But me and my fiance joke about that all the time, just how grateful we are to be in L.A. with good weather rather than – some of these up north teams, you know, yeah. shoveling snow every morning and negative degree weather wouldn't be as fun as it is in sunny California. And to add on top of that really good weather, you're also playing in a in a stadium that that's like pretty much a dome, like it's covered. So it, it's hey, perfect. 
that's that stadium is unreal too. Super futuristic, super nice. I'm just I'm excited to get some uh, some fans in there. It was weird seeing it empty all the time. How was that transition going from playing in Tampa Bay with like meeting all the guys, kind of getting your feet settled, and then moving on and going to LA after that? Yeah, it was it was hard. Like even when I was in Tampa, like you would start to develop relationships with different guys, and um, the next day, like they'd be gone, and so. Even though I was there, like guys were changing all around me, and so it was hard, like building a friendship, building a relationship that was just gonna like be cut from under you, like at any time. And so that was that was tough. It was weird. And then me myself, like leaving and then going to a whole different team. But you just like feel like the new kid at school on the on the first day of school, you know. But honestly, like NFL, it's just a small fraternity. And so everyone is super welcoming. And you, you're like making all these connections of like school you played at and different players and people that you know and trying to see like what mutual friends you have and different things like that. And so it just makes it really easy and it just makes a good transition getting to know the guys that way. Did it make a difference going from a team with the Bucks? It's like most of those guys are NFL veteran, like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, guys like that. And you got Bruce Arians, who's been in the NFL forever. Um, going to a team like the Chargers where like a lot of their, their staff is pretty new. Um, Justin Herbert's a brand new quarterback. There's lots of rookies on that team. Um, was, was it pretty much was it pretty much the same going back and forth or was it was it kind of a different feel? I, I think it was definitely different. Um, I don't think I noticed it right at first, but I think yeah. over time, the more I was in L.A., it was like, yeah, these guys are a little bit younger. I can relate with a lot more people more so than I did in Tampa. Like I said, like I was really just around the rookies and like the receivers in Tampa. And that's really what it felt like. But I mean, in LA, like everyone was kind of young, everyone was kind of new and you can just like play with a lot more people. And it was, yeah, it was definitely different. Like going from a quarterback who's 43 years old to a quarterback that's like 20 years old, you know, it was was just like two different spectrums. It's so cool having quarterback that was younger than you and not 20 years older and a quarterback who's won what how many super bowls does tom brady have now six or seven seven super bowls yeah six six at that point yeah going from a guy who's won six super bowls to a brand new quarterback who just got picked up in the first round and uh got his first start this year and was doing pretty well he is a stud too yeah you got high hopes for justin herbert high hopes yeah i mean for someone to do that Tyrod Taylor, he's uh, I worked out with him all summer before this past season. He's a Atlanta guy, uh, or he lives in Atlanta now. But I got to work out with him and develop a relationship with him. And so going out there and uh, you know having the relationship with him was really helpful for me. But just like seeing what had happened to him was really sad. Just knowing how unfortunate, you know, he's just yeah the misfortune that he's had with different teams. He's all the talent in the world, and I wish him the best in Houston. But also just to see, like, what Justin did as a backup and then taking over whenever Tyra got hurt and then doing what he did was just phenomenal. And uh, the whole team is just behind him, and you can you can tell he's he's gained the team's trust and he's got the tools, the everything to be the guy. And so I definitely got high hopes for him and definitely think he's the, he's the quarterback of the future for, uh, for the Chargers. So, John, I got a question for you. What can you uh what can you tell me about the nickname Crazy Legs? <laughs> Crazy Legs. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, that was definitely weird. Like, I don't even think I heard it from Tom first. I think I heard it from, like, one of the coaches. And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, why is my name Crazy Legs? And then, like, Tom's coming up to me. He starts calling me Crazy Legs. And then I had a, one of the rookie quarterbacks reads in it. Um, I was really close with him. And uh, he was always around Tom and talking to him and everything like that. And he told me that, like, there was an old NFL player named – his last name was, like, Hirsch. And uh, his nickname, nickname was Crazy Legs. And I guess Tom was, like, his last name's Hirsch. Like, this sounds like Hirsch. I'm going to call him Crazy Legs. And I was like, yeah, one, like, it's cool to get a nickname from Tom Brady. But, like, it's got to be oh, Crazy yeah. Legs. Like, it's such, like, a weird name, you know. Um it it, it kind of turned into like crazy like some of the coaches would start calling me like crazy and different things like that and i thought that was kind of cool that was like unique and i didn't mind that as much but uh yeah it was, it was definitely cool getting a name from tom definitely unique definitely weird i've definitely like left it in tampa though you know like i wasn't going to la and be like hey my name's like crazy legs you know <laughs> anything like that um so definitely left that in uh in tampa and uh We'll see what we'll see what new, new nicknames coming uh coming to LA. Hey John, I'm sitting here watching Tom Brady thirty footballs uh, on this Bleacher Report post. Yes, uh, sir. You, got, you got posted up in your story. Are you sure? Uh, are you sure it's not because of these short shorts you're wearing over here? <laughs> let, <laughs> it's Tampa, man. I gotta let the thighs breathe. You know, I wanted, uh, get that tan going. Make a good tan line. Get a little tan going. You know, I've always been like that. Like. So those like those shorts, like they're already short in itself, but like they're also definitely rolled up. Um, and every single pair of shorts that I have, I always put them on and then roll like the waistband like one time. And I don't know why. Like I just like them. I think that's the style, you know. I think it makes you more athletic too if you if you got the high shorts, <laughs> let the let the thighs breathe a little bit. Um, but yeah, I like the, like the high shorts look. So that leads me to this question. Uh... For, for us that have played football, we all know that there are several di- different types of football players. You have your big uglies who don't care what they look like, and then you have your your, your pretty boys who who you know look good, play good. I assume you're one you're one of the, yeah. the play good type, type of guys, aren't you? Dude, it's bad. Like I'm not one of those ones who's like I won't like show you that like I'm like being super flashy, but like in my head, in my mind, it's like, if I don't look good, if something's like not tight or doesn't fit right or like different things like that, like if I don't think it looks good, then like I'm in my head about it, you know, like it's bad. But like, I uh, I think I think my style is like, I keep it simple, but I keep it swaggy. I just like the, I, n- I never wore a, I know the NFL, like the rules are different, but like I always wore uh, like tights in college, never let like the legs show. Um, always i gotta i gotta keep white cleats white gloves the tips gotta be white i think it makes you look faster um (laughs) and then i always got like the one arm sleeve and the visor um i've been back and forth like between like the uh the pacifier pacifier mouthpiece um it looks swaggy but sometimes i can't breathe but you got to pick your battles if you want to look good and not breathe or not like a swag and be able to breathe. So it just depends how I'm feeling that day. Yeah, I'm assuming when you're competing for an NFL roster spot, you probably want to be able to breathe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of that, how did it feel to, to make that 53-man roster for the first time? Yeah, it was uh, it was weird because, like, I didn't even know that I made it. 
And um, because like the way that they described it, because like I did make the official 53 man roster, but it was to keep me and then put me on IR. So, and it was like the minor IR was like a new thing. I think with like COVID, it was like a three week IR thing. And so all these different terminologies and like the NFL is so complex. Like I always say my age to like explain different things to me. But uh, the player, the director of player personnel was like explained to me. And then I didn't realize that like I actually made it until my agent called me and like explained it to me. And then whenever I was in like that 53 man and meeting roster on that first day, I was like, dang, yeah, I made it. Um, but I was only on it for one day and then I went on IR and then I think Leonard Fournette like took my spot. Um, wow. <laughs> so that's, that's not a bad guy to have the spot to no um yeah it was definitely cool and then the plan you know was to to get back on it after the uh injury but never was able to come back from it and then they brought ab in and then i got the cut so i I, my spots went to leonard fernand and ab so not too bad guys not bad to lose it to but uh yeah then i got the cut so never was able to get it back in uh in tampa there's a couple opportunities for me to uh in LA, but it didn't happen either. But hopefully next year camp comes around, have another good camp, make the fifty three, stay healthy, let it ride next season. So I'm a huge like like offensive nerd when it comes to football. Can you describe to me what, what like an like an NFL play is like? Like I've heard they're like sentences long. Like what's an NFL play like for you? Gosh dang. Yeah, what what is it? It's March right now. It's like almost April. Yeah, it's been like four months since I've looked at a playbook. So I uh terminology is pretty pretty rusty pretty weak but like you just like it's broken down into parts you know obviously you got the personnel and then you got the formation and then you got any motions and then you got the protection and then you got the play call and so like the five parts right there like it's gonna make a whole a whole big like name call and then you you can add like you can they always they like a lot of times they'll put like they'll call two plays and like put an alert in the middle so like you got to know the two plays and so it's just like this huge play that you got to remember um but i don't mind it you know like the longer it is it's like actually the easier it is because they're being like descriptive you know and like Mm, they're kind of telling you what you have to do if they just told me like all right Trips right, Falcon or something like that. It's like, yeah. What does that mean? All right, like, all right yeah. This one word. Just give away the playbook, like, John. Yeah, ten different things. Yeah, sorry, but that's that's not that's a made up play. That's not anything. So uh, I think we're safe there. Uh, but yeah, like the longer it is, it's actually like the more descriptive and and easier it is. It's just you just got to make sure you remember it and not forget any parts. That was the hard thing though. Like being in the hut. That's still the hard thing. It's like being in the huddle and they say it so fast and they only say it once and it's it's like all right i gotta remember this whole play and i can't miss it because if i do then i'm screwed because like looking at a piece of paper like you can remember it all day but having that anxiety and that pressure and them saying it one time that's when it gets hard Mm -hmm. um but yeah you just gotta you just gotta remember it a lot of studying well it sounds a lot easier than just calling x post on madden so Probably exactly. <laughs> Engage eight. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, John, I know uh, you're going through that injury right now. Um, what's it looking like for you coming back and getting back into training and everything, getting ready for next season? Injury's been tough for sure. It was definitely frustrating, like, playing through it and working through it, like, all last season and then having to get surgery on it after the season. But the recovery's been well. I've been resting well and rehabbing well and um, – you know, I'll be I'll be ready to go for next season, hundred percent. I'll be I'll be good to go back to back to myself again, which will feel good. We're uh, definitely looking forward to watching you and the Chargers play in the Super Bowl next year. So, heck yeah, it's in uh, it's in SoFi, it's in Los Angeles. So we're we're staying home for the Super Bowl, baby. Bring Ooh, yeah. Does that, that mean weird, uh, like, does that mean you can get some free tickets or? I don't oh know. God. I might I might, <laughs> might have to slide y'all some. But that was weird, like Super Bowl being in Tampa. It was like, dang, like that place is so familiar to me. Like, it's crazy that it was back there. And then knowing that's going to be in LA, I think it's just like a cool feeling that it's like in the stadium that you play in. Um, I think that was like the first time it ever happened where like the Super Bowl team was playing in their home stadium. I could be wrong, but I thought that was right for, for Tampa, which is pretty cool. It's a sign, man. It's following you. I know, right? We'll see. Uh, hopefully it can work out. Well, if if that does work out, and I hope it, I hope it works out for you, man. I hope you guys play in the Super Bowl at your home stadium. If it does work out, you you don't have to slide these two a ticket, but 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 slide <laughs> me one. You can just slide me one. Lando, Lando, you've not even caught a dub with John Hurst listen, on Fortnite, so I don't, listen, even, I don't even want to hear it. Listen, that would you're not I, even a Mando. I, 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 I would <laughs> I would be able to die after after that experience. Okay. Hey, I can uh, see what I can do if I'm. Three tickets. I'm sure I could uh, figure that out. Well, you guys heard first. John just promised us Super Bowl tickets. That means around the kid <laughs> live from the Super Bowl this year. It's, it's gonna be pretty hype. Be ready for it. Hey, um, if, if I if I don't get three trick tickets, I will personally buy all three of y'all Super Bowl tickets. Boom. Promise. I'm on you no, to it. Promise. This, this is recorded, so you just recorded everything you've said. It's it's it's. And I have it written down. I just wrote it down. So you're... <laughs> but hey hey. There's a kicker though. One of y'all has to streak at the Super Bowl though. Oh, I'm on it. Which well, got it? I'll do it. Mm. I'll do it. All, right, yep. all, all three. All three. I'll do it live on the podcast. <laughs> all right. ATK live from the 50 yard line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, John, man, I appreciate you coming, uh, having us ask you questions and get to hear about your experiences. Uh, we're all we're all praying for you and. Hope this season goes well and you get back on that roster and you're playing in that Super Bowl. No doubt. I appreciate it, boys. Uh, enjoy being here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Good luck, man. Thanks, man. See you, John. Appreciate it. See you all. That was a great interview with John Hurst. Really hope that things work out for him. I know he's going through that injury right now and he missed most of last season. Uh, sitting on the IR, but got to know some of the players and uh, hopefully he can get back and going for training camp. Uh, John, we're all we're going to be watching you this year, man. We hope you do good. I definitely wish nothing but the best for him. Uh, I thought it was funny when he said that he he's like the the look good, play good type of player because I've definitely played with a couple of those type of people, of course, in my illustrious career in high school. But there 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 are those type of players in at every level. You know, there are people who who don't care what they look like on the football field and people who who really care. So you know, I think that's really cool, dude. That's just John, man. Like. It's just one of those guys, like once you get to know him, he is the type that even in like video games, he's got to look a certain way. He's got to have certain swag about him. But he's also like extremely humble. He's a 
very he's very god fearing. He was a big part of I think it was campus outreach actually at West Georgia. He's just a great guy, one of the greatest guys I know, and I've just gotten to know him for the past couple months. And glad he's glad he's doing well. Yeah, seemed like a pretty competitive dude. I wonder how competitive his brackets are though. No, oh, don't even ask me about mine. My March Madness brackets are are, are horrible. I made twenty five March Madness brackets, and all twenty five of them were were finished after the first eight hours of March Madness. Yeah, and what's crazy is, I mean, after the first two days, I think it was, it was either the first, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the first round, no perfect brackets were left in America, or at least on ESPN Tournament Challenge, because they said that. Um, I think it was the Ohio over Virginia upset was the final straw that kind of broke all the brackets, went ahead and got everybody down to, no, like nobody's winning the money this year, everybody's just looking to, win their bracket groups, and, and that's what I'm kind of going for. Um, and my bracket hasn't been great. It hasn't been bad, though. I'm actually in – I'm kind of teetering on the lead of most of the bracket groups I'm in. I've done pretty well. I had a couple upsets go far, but I've had a lot of teams that uh, I had going into the Final Four, into the championship that ended up not doing well, like Illinois. So It's just been so weird with COVID and all the restrictions that teams are having to go through, all the protocols, you know, when a player tests positive, they can't have that player or they have to forfeit or sit out. It's just been really hard for these teams. And it's been hard for us who make the brackets because it's an, it's honestly impossible to to pick one team over another just because of what they might have gone through because of COVID. Yeah, well, it's so hard too when, um, and just like in football season, these teams are only playing their own conferences. They're only playing like a little over 20 games. Um, I think Gonzaga kind of got out of their own conference, and that was why I actually picked them to be my champion this year. Um, it's because they were a little bit more battle-tested than everybody else is. Um, but, I mean, you're seeing it with the Big Ten right now. The Big Ten had four or five teams in the top eight going into the bracket, and now they only have one team, and it's Michigan. And all their top teams got upset by teams like Loyola Chicago, Oral Roberts, North Texas. Purdue got beat by North Texas in the first round. I mean, it's it's really it's it's very odd seeing how the perception has changed so much going from the regular season to the postseason, um, and that's one reason I kind of struggle getting into college basketball for the most part during the regular season. Yeah, my Oklahoma Sooners lost to Gonzaga the other day. Gonzaga is a great basketball team. Like Oklahoma played really well, a really really solid basketball game. It's just Gonzaga was just too much, and with, I'm right there with you. I, I think Gonzaga is going to win this. Uh, national championship pretty handily. I don't think there's anybody else left in a tournament that can beat them. Oklahoma may have lost, but I still have one team from Oklahoma in the tournament. That's Oral Roberts, so that's who I'm pulling for for right now. I'm pulling for Oral Roberts pretty hard, too. Um, I actually had Texas Tech being my team to beat on that side of the bracket, and they ended up losing in the second round to Arkansas um, in one of the tighter games. They actually had a wide-open layup to tie that game and send it to overtime, and that actually that blew me up a wall, but since I have Texas Tech in the Final Four coming out of that region, none of the other teams are like there's not another team in there that I'm really aching to see get there and and, and push for it. I think Oral Roberts is going to be my team to cheer for at least until the championship when they play Gonzaga, and I'm definitely going to need those championship points to win my bracket groups. Pac-12 is looking great right now. The Big Ten, not so much. Yeah, man, that game against uh, the USC Kansas game last night was was unreal. It was a yeah, coming to the, coming into the brackets, I saw USC was in it, and I was like, USC. I mean, I feel like USC is just always that team that, no matter what sport it is, they're always just like put in to situations they really don't deserve. They just they just get into it because they're the big Southern California team, 
and they're the big, like everybody knows they're the big West Coast team. Um, and I, I did a little bit of research on them and I saw like they had the Pac-12 coach of the year. Um, they had a lot of really good players, a lot of players that made the Pac-12 All-American team. Um, and But they really didn't go, I don't, I don't think they went super deep in the tournament, um, but they were ranked pretty high. I was, I actually had them, originally I had them losing first round to Wichita State uh, when I thought Wichita State was going to be that team. And then when I saw Drake beat them, I switched it and had USC beating them. Uh, but then I had, who did I have them losing to? I had them losing to the whatever team they would have played second round in that scenario. And it ended up not happening. So I'm pretty surprised they've gone as far as they have. So Lando, uh, big question. Who you got in the Final Four and who you got winning the rest of the tournament? All right, so obviously my initial Final Four is completely wrecked. So <laughs> now now I'm just picking from the Sweet 16. So uh, my Final Four now is Gonzaga playing Michigan and Oral Roberts playing Loyola Chicago. That is my Final Four. Ooh. And hope, and I'm, I'm pulling for... I'm pulling for Oral Roberts to go to the championship, but that's, that's it, it's it's a stretch. It's a stretch. I think Loyola Chicago is actually a really good team, so I'm gonna go Loyola Chicago in the championship, playing against Gonzaga. And you got Gonzaga beating them. Yep. Yep. I got Gonzaga beating Loyola Chicago too, actually, surprisingly. Um, but my original Final Four was I had Gonzaga beating Alabama, and I had Illinois beating Texas Tech in the Final Four. Um, obviously Illinois is out, Texas tech is out. So Gonzaga, Bama, I still have a chance to get, which would be great for me trying to win my bracket groups. But, um, I had Illinois losing to Gonzaga in the finals, but now after everything that's gone on, uh, I had the first two rounds go through. We're in the sweet 16. Now I have Gonzaga going up against Florida state and I have Baylor going up against Loyola, Chicago, and I have Loyola, Chicago beating Baylor. I have Gonzaga beating Florida state. And then Gonzaga being Loyola Chicago in what I don't think really be that close of a game because I think Gonzaga is just super dominant this year or from what I've seen. My original Final Four <laughs> was Oklahoma versus Florida State and Baylor versus Illinois. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it 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 wasn't that bad except for, for Oklahoma. Obviously, I'm not going to pick against Oklahoma. But, you you know, Did you have Oklahoma winning? Yeah, I had Oklahoma uh, <laughs> beating Baylor in the championship. Nice. I, it's a, uh, it, all, all Big it, Twelve it, it was a stretch. Eh? It, it, it was a stretch, but you know you gotta, hey, go, I, you gotta go bold. You gotta go, I gotta bold, go especially bold. when you're you gotta go bold. There. Maybe next year. Sound like a Georgia fan? Maybe next year. <laughs> Wait, that's enough about that's enough about college basketball. Let's talk a little bit about football. Um, we actually have a couple of mailbag questions that came in this week. Two, we actually got two from Chad S underscore five two nine. He always sends them in, and we got one from our buddy at Nathan Kissler. Um, we'll go ahead and do Chad's first. Chad's first question is, is Josh Heupel a bridge hire for Tennessee? What do you think, Lando? He could be. I don't think he will be. I think he's going to perform. He's going to get that team to perform at a at a pretty good level to where they're going to keep him on for a while. But if he is just kind of mediocre and kind of gets them a little bit better than what they are now, then sure, he'll be a bridge hire. I don't really think he's going to be a bridge hire. I think he's more so going to be... I think he's going to be around for a while, and I think he's going to have them playing better than they're playing right now, but I don't think he's going to get them to elite status. So if he's talking about, if he's asking, do I think Josh Heupel is going to be an elite coach and get them to competing for SEC championships, competing for the East, maybe even winning the East, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I do think he can get them to consistently being like a like a eight and four, seven and five type team, kind of like how Iowa is from year to year. 
uh, maybe here and there having like a 10 and two season, nine and three season, but being around for a while. And if Tennessee is okay with that, which I have a hard time seeing Tennessee fans like getting over their craziness and letting that happen and actually having a stable coach instead of just having a guy who does terrible for two years and then fire him immediately and hire another guy to do terrible for two years. So I don't think he's going to be a bridge hire, but I also do not think he's going to be super elite. Um, and then for his next question, he wants to know, which postseason format is better? College football playoff, March Madness, or College World Series? March Madness, not even close. You like March Madness for every sport or just for basketball? Yeah, I like March Madness for every sport. I think it gives you the most excitement. And at the end, you know, the champion normally is the most deserving. Like, usually the champion is one of the better teams in college basketball. So I think it gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah, the only thing that I kind of have an issue with when it comes to March Madness is the fact that there's really no reason to watch the regular season. For Like, for me, when it comes to college football... I don't just watch Georgia games. I watch games that I know are going to be important to the college football season. For basketball, if the number one team in the country loses three games to start the year, it really doesn't matter because it's very easy just to be like, oh, okay, well, so they lost those games, but they ended up winning their con- or they ended up winning their conference. They ended up doing well, but still not winning their conference. We're, we'll still put them as a one seed. It's like, oh, it's Duke. We'll put them as a one seed. It's like, it's like, who really cares until you get to. March Madness. Now, I think if we're talking which postseason is the most fun to watch, I'm with you. March Madness all the way. 100% easily, especially in college sports. But to me, I think the way that it's split up right now, college football playoff, I think it's perfect for college football. March Madness, I think it's perfect for college basketball um, because it actually brings excitement to the sport. I feel like not that many people are really into college basketball besides March Madness. Um, and then the College Road Series, I'm honestly not a huge fan of. I don't like the round-robin format that they have beforehand where you, you like play every team and then you might play another team again. And then, you, and, then, and then those different like regions, one team makes it from each region and then it's like those teams play again and then you have Omaha and, and all that. I'd rather them just do like a 16-team playoff or do it like March Madness and have it like one game series or something like that i just think that'd be a little bit more exciting now i know i know if matt was on here he'd probably get on to me for hating on the college world series but that's just my that's just my take on it i agree with what you're saying i think march madness is definitely the most exciting um, version of a playoff format but yeah you're, you're right college football playoff works for college football there's obviously some debate there on whether they should add more teams or not but i think it, it works fine the college world series i'm indifferent about it. i don't care but baseball and basketball for me I agree with you completely on the regular season baseball. I like watching more just because I like baseball more than basketball. But for me, I just, I don't like the regular season that much because I just feel like the whole regular season, it it's literally just for seating. Yep. So I don't, I don't really, you know, it, it doesn't matter that much. You know what I mean? You can fight for seating, but at the end of the day, you can still win your tournament being a last seed. Yep. So that's all, that's all that matters anyway, especially being yeah. a Sunbelt fan, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I do, matter. I do like that. Um, I like that the fact that it gives the group of five teams, the mid-majors, people like that, a chance to make it. Because if you win your conference, you're in. And I do like that because I feel like if if you go through winning your conference, I feel like you deserve a chance to play for the national championship in your division. Like I, like I think that if we're talking about fairness, I think, and even in football, I think every team that wins their conference has a chance to play, should have a chance to play for a national championship. But I also don't think that 
that needs to I, like in my opinion college football kind of just needs to shift around a lot of things going on so that's kind of completely different but but I do like the fact that you still you if you win your conference you have a chance to play for a national championship I do like that about March Madness over college football uh, we'll go ahead and move on to our next question this one's from at Nathan Kissler uh, he wants to know who are our NFL free agency winners and losers so far this offseason the winners would definitely, for me, have to be the New England Patriots because they had to be. They had to make that team better. There was there was no other option for them. They had to get some help around Cam Newton, and I think they did just that. They went out and spent some money, and I think the Arizona Cardinals did a good job of getting some help on that defense to help Kyler Murray out. So uh, I got the Cardinals and the New England Patriots for as winners. Yeah, I'm with you, Lando. Those two are really, uh, really high up there for me too. I actually went with the Giants. Um, I think they've had a really good offseason. They've signed a lot of good receivers like Kenny Galladay and John Ross, who was a uh, he was a first round pick when he came into the league. And he's got a lot of talent. He really just didn't do well at Cincinnati. But um, they did a good job of surrounding Daniel Jones with the pieces he needs to compete and show what he's got. So they know what they have with him going forward, which for them as a team, as low as they are um, on the totem pole, I think that's a really big step for them. They need to take is knowing what they have with the team and um, knowing what they need to improve upon going forward with uh, once they actually have the pieces around the quarterback so they can make a move happen. Um, and then for my loser, I actually went with the Bears. I wanted to go with the Falcons, but um, just ended up going with the Bears. And the reason I went with the Bears is because this entire offseason was flooded with rumors of Russell Wilson jumping shit, Matthew Stafford got traded to the Rams, Deshaun Watson was uh, supposed to be getting traded from the Texans, but Lord knows what's going on with him now. Um, and, and they ended up signing Andy Dalton. That's going to be their next starting quarterback. That's the guy <laughs> they picked up. And like, yeah, honestly, to me, that's an improvement over Mitch Trubisky and the Nick Foles that we saw last year. But it's from from having all these guys going, like if I'm them, you have to throw the bank at trying to get, like even if it's Matthew Stafford, throw the bank at getting one of those guys. Because that's franchise. that's a franchise-changing move. Um, I think they have all the pieces it takes to compete for a Super Bowl. Their only problem is they don't have a quarterback to facilitate the whole thing. So I'm um, um, losers for sure, the Bears. Yeah, Wade, I'm right there with you. And as you said, Andy Dalton. I mean, come <laughs> on. Andy Andy Dalton, really? That's, that, that's, that's your that's big signing? Sign? That's what that's I'm your saying. Big signing? Your big signing is Andy Dalton. Oh, my gosh. Terrible. It's a- absolutely terrible. And I- I'm pretty sure the- they went all-, all out after Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. But, you know, it was just I think at the end of the day, they couldn't get those guys. So they had to settle for Andy Dalton, which is. And see, that's a loss to me. That is a loss. Yeah. They lost that one for sure. Andy for Dalton sure. is 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 just as exciting as me saying his name, Andy Dalton. It's it- <laughs> It's like the it's least exciting. exciting name in sports. It's almost as least exciting as uh, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Andy Dalton. Mike Glennon. It's, it's, it's not exciting. Not exciting. Bears, you suck. Horrible signing. All right, guys. Let's do our pour one out and cut them off segment. Lando, who are you pouring one out for? All right. So this week, uh, I am pouring one out for Oral Roberts University, who is from my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, grew up right down the street from Royal Roberts, so pour one out for them. They're doing great in the tournament, and I really hope they go really far and play in the championship. So, uh, Oral Roberts, pour one out for you. And this week, I have nothing to cut off, so you're safe. Huh, must have had a good week, Lando. <laughs> yeah, I actually, actually had a pretty decent week, so yeah, you're safe. 
people who need to be cut off? Well, I'm pouring one out for Sister Jean, uh, the famous supporter for Loyola Chicago. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but she actually gave she gives a pregame prayer um, before every single one of Loyola Chicago's games. And in the pregame prayer before Illinois, she actually completely broke down the exact way to beat Illinois. And according to the TV announcers, which is kind of hit or miss, apparently exactly what she said was exactly what they did, and they used that to beat Illinois. Talk about divine intervention. That's she's She's got something going for her, that's for sure, considering the runs that they've been going on. Um, and I'm going to cut off the Big Ten basketball. We talked about earlier teams like Illinois, uh, Michigan, in my opinion, really hasn't looked great, even though they're moving on to the Sweet 16. Um, I think they're going to have a hard time with uh, Florida State. But... Like Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts, Purdue losing to North Texas, Rutgers uh, only making it to the second round. Um, it's it's just not – like from the perception that we had of, of those teams going into the March Madness tournament, Iowa losing to Oregon, it's, it's, they just haven't lived up to their expectations. And uh, to me, that's a huge disappointment, so I'm, I'm cutting off the Big Ten. Keys, what about you? You pouring one out for somebody? Yeah, you know, I was watching a lot of the uh, free agency – in the NFL this past week, I was watching, uh, you know, there's a lot of receivers moving around, a lot of players moving around in general. Uh, one team I, I, I kind of noticed that I thought did really well was the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to pour one out for the Arizona Cardinals. I like some of their signings. They got uh, J.J. Watt, who I love. And if he can stay healthy, that's a great addition to the defense. And then also wide receiver A.J. Green. There was a lot of talk about him moving around. Uh, I think it's a good fit. Um, hopefully Kyler Murray can can use him to his advantage and, and maybe give A.J. Green a little bit more spotlight. He's kind of been dipping a little bit, but hopefully he can uh, he, he can come back up into the spotlight. Uh, and then I'm going to cut off this, the Houston Texans and the whole Deshaun Watson deal. That's a lot of stuff that's like unconfirmed or rumored and all this nonsense with the allegations and the lawyer for the cases against Deshaun Watson being friends with the, with the owner of the, the Texans. It's just a big mess. It seems like a lot of it's just trying to slander Watson, but uh, you know nothing's really confirmed, and who knows if it ever will be. But it's just a mess there. He wants out. I wish they'd let him out. I wish they'd, instead of trying to tear him down, I wish they'd market him and try to get something for him. But they're just kind of holding out on that, and they signed Tyrod Taylor, um, which that's another one of those. Tyrod Taylor? Really? He's not going to lead you anywhere. So I'm, I'm cutting off the Texans. They're done for me. All right, guys, so that's our show. Thank you all for coming out and listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.